Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined in studio by Molly Williams. Hello, Molly. Good afternoon, Sarah. Yeah, recording a little later in the day. Mm-hmm. We did still run together this morning, though. Now it seems like a long time ago. We did. We did. I had some digestive disturbances, which is not too, too unusual for me. But I got home and John said, my stomach doesn't feel so good. Oh. So I think I food poisoned us. Really? Yeah. So the hash that we made last night. <laughs> I think I food poisoned us. I think I did. So I, I had John make this hash last night and I had some leftover prime rib from Christmas. But I think I'd left it in the fridge a little too long before I put it in the freezer. You know what I mean? And I think I food poisoned us. <laughs> I just also say it's so funny because we conversation this morning on the run, as you know, did turn to food. Right. And I, and I, I was, was so proud of that. I hash. know. And so I made so I made a new recipe last mm-hmm. night that I got off the New York Times cooking app. And then you were telling me about what you it had John cook and that you said I had prime rib left over from Christmas and I, like I'm about to throw up on the street and you're like oh and I'd frozen it and then you talked about that you'd frozen some ham and I was like oh my gosh you're like Irma Bombeck or something you're so happy homemaker and but- yeah not so happy homemaker <laughs> <laughs> but I cleared everything out and then I felt fine I hope he had similar success but anyway oh my gosh and but in between you've been to AccuLand you have I yes went to acupuncture she asked about my digestive health and she Mm. said we'd hit the spots for that so oh good I was feeling fine by the time I got there good and then I came here good good so this is the first time since this is the first time you've been on the podcast in the new year Mm -hmm. I figure we have to have the reveal yeah how much money did you find (laughs) yes the 2019 found change total yeah well, thanks to that $20 bill I found on Mother's Day, mm-hmm. which is one of the high points of my year, quite honestly, um, $34.62. Wow. Yeah, including a breakdown of I did it by coins. So, yes, I found 252 pennies last year. Wow. Not a lot. So yeah. that was the most denomination the, you found was the pennies? So. Um, well, no, I found a lot of quarters, too. I have, um, let me, let me look at the statistics. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I found $5 and 25 cents in quarters, five fifty in dimes, a dollar 35 in nickels, two fifty two in pennies, and then three foreign coins. Wow. Yeah. But Kristen Ryder still beat you, right? Oh my gosh. Krista well, totally did. How much did. did she find? Yeah. Sh- oh gosh. Krista found close to, uh, it was close to, yeah, 50, 50 bucks maybe ish. Yeah. Yeah, um, and this Krista is a um, God loves mo- her more. Yeah, <laughs> she's a lovely, she mother, a runner lovely who, mother runner who runs a lot of the same routes we mm-hmm. do, but she um, runs a little bit um, when the sun's up. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And God loves her more. Yeah. <laughs> and the little birds that dress her yes. and the little squirrels and things that yes. tweet and twitter around her head. She's darling. She's, yeah. we're talking about, she models a ton of stuff in our she, store. She looks like Snow White. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, all right. Okay, Molly, you were Drum dodging roll. the question. You're, yeah. Uh, $1,000. You don't think so? <laughs> I don't think so. And then you woke up. <laughs> four dollars and 62 cents. But it's better than nothing. Wait, you found $4.62? For the entire year. But that's crazy that I found $34.62. You took all the money. Yes, you took all the money. But you understand that I found exactly to the penny 30 more dollars than you did. But that's suspicious, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) But compared to nothing. Oh, most definitely. Oh, that, that number's also much higher than we used to find. So this year, so normally I give it, to homeless shelters that they're so happy to get by like 10 bucks. <laughs> so this year, instead of giving my $4 and 62 cents to a homeless shelter, because 
I will give them something else. Um, I'm going to donate it to our postcard writing campaign tonight for stamps. So oh, it's for Wisconsin voters that kicked off the rolls. Yes, the so voter we're doing rolls. That. So yeah. they needed some money for stamps. So that's yeah. what's going this oh, year. Oh, well, good. Yeah. Oh, well, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I've been so looking forward to have you on the show ever since we had an incident on a pre-dawn mm-hmm. run. Where so. I killed a rat with my foot. <laughs> yes, that would be the story I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah, just get to the punchline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're running down the street and we're, we're on the sidewalk and we're on a fairly busy street. Mm-hmm. And Sarah is to my left on the street side. I'm to the right. And I see a little something from the corner of my eye mm-hmm. and then my foot hits something and I stop and turn around it's dark and shine my light on it and it is a dead rat that i have stepped no. on his head and killed it well okay he wasn't well, quite dead he wasn't he dead was in the throes of agonal death but he was on his way to dying with blood coming out his nose and his ears oh i didn't know the blood come oh i missed that part yeah i saw the and you're tw- you're the running around tw- we gotta find a rock we gotta find a rock we gotta find a rock i'm like okay we'll find a rock you gotta kill it you gotta kill it and i am not stepping on that dang thing again my foot is not the same i can still feel that rat's head under my foot that was awful okay. it was disgusting and it was awful okay was so awful. I, i'd like to share some de- some details to it okay so when we turned around um what i saw was its tail and one of its back legs twitching and on so, its back on its back yes yeah. most definitely on its back it was not large it was because i thought it might be a mouse it but was it, six inches but it wasn't a i mean I, we see a lot bigger yeah. rats than that mm-hmm. in this town and so, although we do not see a lot of rats, so it's not like we're, you know, the Pied Piper needs to be called to Portland. Like, it's, we don't see all that many mm-hmm. live rats on our runs. Mm-hmm. And so I see it twitching. And so I didn't realize, because I didn't know you had stepped on its head, I worried it was just in a lot of pain. Yeah. And I wanted to take it out of its <clears throat> suffering. So we yeah. were right near a gas station. I said, do you want me to run to the gas station to get a tool that we can finish the job with? Mm-hmm. Which and- made sense and was good. But I just thought it's not going to live long enough for them to find a tool. Yeah, right. And by the time I look back at it, it was almost yeah. done twitching. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was going to die. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you're but you're very... totally right. We didn't want to leave it suffering. Yes. And, yeah. But you said a very good thing. You were like, it's just, it's taking a little while for its body to shut down. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I think his we, brain I, was gone. Yeah. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was on the he, bottom of your yeah. shoe. <laughs> he was, he had gone on to rat heaven it was not the year of the rat for that rat <laughs> <laughs> Ba-boom, cha. yeah so i told the story on twitter and somebody goes oh my gosh it's about to be the year of the rat and then and the best one someone's hilarious tweet they said that molly must be following the crush it plan uh-huh. from the train uh-huh. like a mother club <laughs> oh. yeah so i get home and i tell my husband the story and then he um texts the kids and he tells them the story and my youngest daughter writes back you would and he's and he says she thinks you actually went after that rat <laughs> and stepped on his head chased <laughs> it down I'm like it's like it's not a cockroach yeah, no no <laughs> and no i wouldn't <laughs> but anyway oh my gosh but i did about two blocks away i'm like i can't wait to get home and tell the kids this story <laughs> mm. Uh, yeah. So that, for the books. Yeah, exactly. I mean, also within half a block, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for you to tell that story <laughs> on the podcast. So we got Naked Man, Dead Rat. Yeah, those are some those standouts. Yep, two standouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the name of your running memoir. <laughs> yeah. Naked Man, Dead Rat. <laughs> right. And other things. We, 
yes. talk about sound change yeah. and other things from the running adventures of Sarah and Molly. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, today's podcast has absolutely nothing to do with any of these topics. Um, so this is, you know, in advance of Valentine's Day. Well, and- didn't you say the rat was six inches? <laughs> um, so all right um there's alex chiming in on this topic um so um this was guest was suggested by a bam ambassador so um our guest is a researcher who looks into how physical fitness affects sexual health and fulfillment and functioning and how diet can have an effect on sexual function so, and to borrow the joke from another co-host, Katie Sneveis, um, she said that uh, when I told her that Molly, she guessed that you were going to be the co-host, she said, um, we'd better just slap an NC-17 rating on this episode right now, right from the start. So sure enough. Um, and Alex. Yeah, right. Him too. Exactly. Yeah, Alex was, yeah. Because I've been chipping way too much. Yes, Sorry. yes. Um, I will admit we've recorded this intro after the, the episode because of timing things. And so, yes, NC-17 perhaps... Um, Maybe just don't have your kids in the room or in the car while you're listening to this one. The expert, a university professor in Florida, will join us after this quick sponsor break. You definitely want to stick around for this one. Our guest is Leah Janine, PhD. She's an assistant professor of exercise and sports science at Nova Southeastern University in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Leah is also a certified strength and conditioning coach. Welcome to the show. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. Well, hi, Leah. How are you today? I'm doing quite well. Good. So tell us what type of exercise you do for yourself, besides lots of Kegels. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do do quite a a variety of exercises, actually. Um, I'm a big fan of high interval training, just because you can get in and get out a little bit faster. Um, I also teach a bunch of body sculpt classes. Um, I used to work out a little more than I do now, but um, I, I like a variety of workouts. That's what she said. <laughs> All right. It's going to be that kind of show. <laughs> oh, yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so we're excited to talk about your research, much of which involves studying the relationship between exercise and sexual functioning. So just so we're all on the same page, can you explain what you mean by sexual functioning in regard to women, since we're a show aimed at women runners? Okay. Well, sexual functioning, it really works for both sexes. Um, You're looking at five different categories. Um, So people tend to just think of it in terms of desire, which is more pertinent towards women, but it's also including things like overall orgasm or even having fantasy. Typically when women have lower amounts of sexual function, it's typically because they're just not having that desire or fantasy. When men have lower levels of sexual function, it relates more to the mechanics of it. So um, that's typically more in terms of orgasm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you, so you said there's five different categories. So desire, orgasm, what are there three others? Uh, there, well, there's five different categories of sexual functioning. One, which is second, sexual cognition and fantasy. Sexual arousal is another sexual behavior and experience. Orgasm. And then finally, sexual drive. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And you were saying earlier, that it was intriguing that you were saying that for some of those, particularly for desire, that for women, it often involves f- fantasy or daydreaming. And for men, it, you know, when there's an issue, it involves mechanics. Yeah, definitely. And the sexual dysfunction, um, by definition, is a lack of desire despite wanting to have that desire. Mm-hmm. Um, so if a woman doesn't desire sex and 
she doesn't care for it and she doesn't need to change, then that in fact is not a sexual dysfunction. Um, no. But typically, yeah. So typically it's either wanting to please a partner um, or just wishing and hoping that females have that desire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's, so it's like, Catholic nuns are not all sexually dysfunctional, because, <laughs> right? Because, um, oh boy, I don't know where I'm going to say. Stay away from that. Because <laughs> they, they may desire it, but they're just not going to. Right. I mean, they, but, I mean, they, they could be highly sexual functioning for all we know. Well, I think that's I a mean, good point, though, because like, you know, there are certain things like, you know, that you hear about from the kids or you see on the internet, like, I don't want to do that. Does that doesn't mean I'm not like dysfunction if I don't have the desire to do something that's out of my like, you know, wheelhouse, so to speak. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. I mean, and it's in, it's just a little bit more confusing when it comes to men, to women. I mean, when it comes to men, it's like, they're just not getting aroused or it's premature ejaculation. Those are, they're, they're always on. Yeah. It's yeah. Pretty, yeah. It's pretty easy to distinguish that when it comes to men. Um, but yeah, women can be a lot more complicated. Mm-hmm. I, we can. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so tell, tell us about your research. How did you research this? <laughs> uh, well, um, so I did, I used a couple elements. So I was looking to see if overall physical fitness was related to sexual functioning and uh-huh. also how it related to overall self-concept. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to clarify, self-concept is different than self-esteem because self-esteem is how you feel about yourself versus self-concept is how you think about yourself. Hmm. Um, and so I was kind of looking at all of those elements because obviously that's going to be intertwined with physical activity, even in terms of your perception of your body, but even hormones, you know, dopamine, um, and feeling any types of those feel good chemicals that are coming out. Um, so I used, I assessed the five components of physical fitness, which, um, I looked at flexibility just to kind of throw that in there. Um, but I was also examining um, cardiovascular endurance, muscular endurance, muscular strength, and overall body composition. Um, and then I examined, and then I gave out the Derogati's Inventory of Sexual Functioning, which is a 26-item survey, and it's subdivided into those categories. Um, and then I was just looking at the relationship. And I was very, I was most surprised to see the effects that it had on women. Um, I expected, you know, men to be the big muscular guy and having more sexual experience. Um, however, it, it didn't show that way. Um, it was actually the women that um, were women that had a stronger cardiovascular function were more likely to be aroused. And I didn't find that relationship in men. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So. And by, what do you mean by stronger cardio functioning? Uh, I studied it through VO2 submax test. So um, it basically, there's just a formula. So you can you can do the speed in which somebody runs a mile and how their heart rate is affected. And Uh that's directly proportional to VO two max, which is how efficiently your body is uptaking oxygen. And that oxygen is going throughout your body. So when you think about it, it makes sense, right? So if you're not getting enough oxygen throughout your body, or typically it's people that are not in shape, their heartbeat is going to be a little bit faster because you're trying to push that oxygenated blood. Um, so you can measure, you can measure how much oxygen is going in and out. Now, a lot of times we'll do, um, VO2 max testing where you can have somebody like hooked to hoses and, and that's a lot more scientific than I have the ability to do now. Um, Mm -hmm. but two years ago when I was doing the study, I I didn't have that equipment at the time. So stronger cardiovascular strength, what 
equaled more arousal for women, but not so much for men. Yep. Not so much for men. And I don't, I don't know why that is. Um, I mean, there's a couple of reasons I had more women in my study, which makes mm-hmm. uh, statistical significance a little easier to find. So that's part of it. Um, but really with men, I don't know if men didn't understand their bodies. I mean, if you're, if you're exercising far too much, then you will produce cortisol, which is stress yeah. hormone. Yeah. And then that's going to decrease sex drive. Right. So and then what about the type know. of exercise too? I always think about men on bikes. Like, does that <laughs> affect them? Seriously though. Um, okay. I don't, I have not read the research to say that. So I have heard people individually say that. Um, but I, I, I don't want to comment unless I have the research to oh, back it up. Okay. But, sure. but I have an anecdote that I can interject into that. I also that. like wonder where do they put the beans and the sausage <laughs> on the bike? You know, I never quite understand how all that goes. Either. You know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Alex not- is giving me a, Oh, okay. All right. So like, split the seat like on one on either side for they're not like truck flaps well when you're sitting when your guy was sitting on the seat like that area is on the backmost part of the seat where it's widest so it's sitting on its own little so you sit on your balls like no Ah, it's not like splitting over the front over the front got it okay doing that see i assumed it was splitting on the front too i really didn't know this (laughs) i don't have any male cyclists these are things we need to know. Yeah. How? Generally, you have your your butt's just like right on the back edge of the seat, mm-hmm. and then it's it's just kind of all hanging right up above the seat. Okay. It's okay. not draping over either side. Not draping over either side. I okay. feel like this is my next research project. Oh, I think you've got it. I think that, well, you know, so here's another thing. When I get on a bike, I'm always like, I, do I like get on my like perineum or should I be more on my sit bones? Oh, that's a whole nother discussion. Because, yeah. Okay. I have to admit, I have not done any research. I think you're supposed to be more on your sit bones with your woman. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, I distracted you. So is it, you think maybe the type of exercise? Yeah. Type of exercise also has a yeah. role. Um, uh-huh. I think the most fascinating when I, when I looked at it is that muscular strength, which is different than muscular endurance. So muscular endurance for women would be, or for both, would be like push-ups, sit-ups, things of that nature. Whereas muscular strength is obviously going to be the maximum amount of weight that you can push like over one period of time. And Mm -hmm. muscular strength in women was directly related to overall sexual experience and the number of partners that women had. Really? Yeah, and it wasn't with men. I would have thought, again, the stereotype, like the big jacked guy is the one that gets all these women and it really, it wasn't. So I, I don't know. I did not take testosterone. Um, because uh, Yeah, I was wondering if that maybe that affects their testosterone levels, women's levels. Yeah. And I mean, if you're doing things with larger muscle groups, squats, uh-huh. deadlifts, anything like that, you're, you're going to see spikes in testosterone. I didn't do that because you, you're sending people to a lab. It's a whole nother process. To, and I didn't expect to see this with women in general. If I were to replicate the study, I would. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know, or but, and who knows what the origin of the cycle is, right? So who knows if you're squatting a lot and mm-hmm. you produce mes- more testosterone, so then you're a little bit uh, more in the mood, or if it's that women who inherently lift more, like might have more testosterone and mm-hmm. then go for it, or maybe it's just, you know, ignoring... Or it could be circumstances that they're in the weight room and they're meeting more people. <laughs> there you go. I never thought about that. I yeah. Just, but, but a lot of the women that are doing cardio and muscular endurance, I mean, there's, there's still there. I don't know. I think I honestly, if I were to guess, I presume it's kind of a lack of allegiance to gender norms. Mm-hmm. So like the woman 
who is going to lift a lot more and who's way stronger is more likely to maybe you know pursue a sexual partner or maybe have more self-confidence you yeah know, kind of beating to her own drum I yeah gotta exactly. say, i love I love that phrase, lack of allegiance to gender norms. That's good. I'm going to try to work that into a conversation. You, you can do it. Yeah. But this would be really interesting research for a lot of reasons and also for transgendered people as well, just what it's doing to hormone levels. and Yeah. And, they, oh. and I found I have not done any, um, there was nobody transgender that volunteered for my study, but mm-hmm. um, I've read other articles in that when women um, went to men and then had those testosterone spikes, they did have a higher sex drive. So, I mean, it, yeah, that doesn't it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I also know that the, you examine the relationship between, as you mentioned before, self-concept, exercise, and sexual functioning. So I feel this is a truly important intersection for so many women runners, especially mothers. So can you please, you know, talk a bit more about how self-concept enters into the equation? Uh, absolutely. Women who were physically stronger, um, defined themselves as less vulnerable, which makes sense because that's part of the self-concept survey. Um, they define themselves as less vulnerable, which also in turn had a higher sex drive. And again, that makes sense. If you're if feeling incredibly vulnerable, then you might not want to be in the mood, right? So you'd want to feel much more confident. Same thing that women who were physically stronger mm-hmm. define themselves um, as stronger um, and the survey, it's defined as power. Um, mm-hmm. And those women also were the ones that had higher partners. So it kind of, it put an, I don't want to say it put an end to, because you can never say that with one research study, but the stereotype was that women that pursued a lot of sexual advances or had more sexual partners had daddy issues or were insecure. And I did not see that at all. It was the women that were lifting, the women that define themselves as powerful, I mean, all through and the women that were not really working out define themselves as vulnerable and didn't want to engage in sex. So did you find that women who define themselves as powerful also maybe didn't do much um, like muscular endurance or muscular strength things? Were they able to define themselves as powerful by mainly doing mus- um, endurance, you know, cardiovascular endurance? The women that did cardiovascular endurance um, may have been slightly more powerful than the women that did not, but it wasn't to a significant level. It wasn't to the okay. same level of the women that were lifting mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. weights. Um, muscular endurance, the one that was most significant was the, the relationship between muscular endurance and arousal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that moves us to the physiologic effects of um, sexual functioning, because we've talked a bit about the psychological effects. Uh, what else goes into the physiological effects of exercise? I'm thinking like pelvic floor health. Um, increased blood flow. Yeah, increased blood flow, more orgasms. And then also the other part, are are, are, are these people tired? Do they just go to bed? You know, is there well, any negative effects? Actually, uh, no, they're not in terms of exercise. I mean, cortisol was the only one that we that we found an issue with. Um, the In terms of exhaustion, Women that had low levels of iron were um, more tired and less likely to desire sexual activity. So, I mean, being exhausted obviously links to it. Um, Blood flow helps. Really, it was more in terms of overall endorphins, dopamine, um, those types of chemicals outside of the the obvious physiological functions. Those affected sex drive quite a bit. I mean, if you're Mm -hmm. feeling good about yourself, you're going to be more in the mood. 
Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you look at anything like uh, like pelvic floor health or was that just really not part of the study? No, like- that's that in order to do that research, um, typically, I mean, something is inserted in the yeah. female. And in order to do all of that, it, it's it becomes far more complicated. Um, typically, you have to have a bunch of medical doctors. You have to have people in a hospital and recruiting participants at that point is pretty rough. Oh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, no, I did not do anything in terms of uh, public. Yeah. But I mean, Mm -hmm. but the research does show that um, women that are having more sex are more likely to have bladder control, um, you know, having less issues. So um, prior research definitely shows that. And there's something about the flexibility of the vagina and incontinence, isn't there? Yeah. Like the more you use it, like better health it is and... Oh yeah. And, and, and we joked about Kegels, but I mean, typically that's what's helping. So if you're, if you're engaging in more intercourse, they're showing better overall health, you know, and people desire sex more who are having sex. So one of the first things that you'll say to women who have lack of desire is to just kind of encourage it. And the more sex women are having, the more likely that they are to desire it. Uh-huh. And even just, they should just maybe masturbate too. Then. Yep. That works. That Same can deal. be part of it. Cause that also yeah. causes those, um, contractions those vaginal contractions uh-huh mm-hmm. the, so i saw on the internet there's this um device to help with uh incontinence and you know it's a it goes in the vagina and then it's like a joystick you play a game with it have you seen this no. so like you, you, you squeeze it to make the car turn the corner and to catch the butterflies <laughs> and stuff like that. doesn't it. that sound like fun <laughs> <laughs> you you wow. could turn that into all sorts of games. Couldn't you? I did not. That is definitely going to be my next Google next, search. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and why is it showing up on my Facebook page? That's what I want to know. What have I looked at? <laughs> I can only imagine the tech people at work. I swear it's research. Yeah. <laughs> what, can, what is that game? Where can I get that one? <laughs> you seem so, so into it. <laughs> you always have a smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> All in the name of research. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Let's circle back to the effect of cortisol. Uh, could you talk a little bit about that and how that affects sexual functioning and desire? Well, cortisol so cortisol can happen even if you're just stressed in your life. You yeah, know, yeah. Your work, yeah. anything. Cortisol also one of the things that people um don't realize is cortisol increases a lot with lack of sleep. And and that's just kind of like a sick cycle, right? You don't sleep very much. You increase more cortisol, which in turn keeps you up because you're stressed and therefore you can't sleep as much. Um, Also in this cortisol cycle, it leads to weight gain, particularly in the abdominal area. So that's just going to be another issue. Now, exercise is how that's going to relate to especially long distance runners is cortisol run. Cortisol will start to increase um, if you're doing very intense exercises for about over an hour, you'll start to see slight levels of cortisol increasing. It's not a bad thing, um, here and there, but it's just something to be aware of. And then once you, your body is that stressed, that is then going to in turn decrease, uh, overall sex drive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so shifting gears a bit, it seems like, you know, quite a bit about diet and supplements and how they can have an impact on sexual functioning. So could you give us kind of the nutshell about why food and supplements, why the food and supplements we ingest can have an effect on our bedroom lives? Yes. Um, there, so iron is linked to sexual functioning. And these are things that are found in cereal, 
oysters. Oysters is always the food that everyone thinks mm-hmm. is most linked to sexual functioning. Um, yeah. And I will, if I had to pick one, I would say oysters as well. But I mean, you've got to eat a ton of oysters. But uh, <laughs> is that because of iron or right? Why? Iron. It um, oysters have iron in them. They also have zinc. Um, I mean. If I were to guess, I think it's even just the act of opening the oyster is even more sexual for people. Um, I think it's going to add in there. Um, although there's no link whatsoever. There's there's a lot of myths out there that like a banana or cucumber. There's nothing about there's nothing about these phallic sausage foods. and beans, Molly. Uh. <laughs> exactly. There's no research to support that whatsoever. All right. Um, but, uh, but oysters, there is some research to show, but it's really, a, it, it's a ton of oysters that you're consuming. Um, but iron, zinc, magnesium is another one. Um, magnesium. Oh. Yeah. Magnesium can be found in like leafy greens, tofu, <laughs> uh, legumes, especially back black beans, nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some other things that like you'll hear that food and, um, chemical wise that are linked like dark chocolate. All right, so chocolate chocolate does increase your dopamine, but I would never encourage a bunch of people to eat chocolate to have better sex because you're just going to gain weight and be miserable anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, chili peppers has also been linked to a little bit of blood flow, um, but the, the reality is those types of supplements are not going to get you very far. Um, <laughs> zinc is also linked to actually uh, like testosterone and for men, sperm, um, motility, but when you just gave people zinc, they really weren't seeing significant differences in sex drive. So um, those natural supplements just aren't there. And Viagra for women has really mixed research. It's not something mm-hmm. that I would, you know, there's nothing really harmful in it, but it's when they have those different types of uh, supplements, it, it, the research just isn't there to say it works like it is with men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know anything about CBD? Yeah, CBD. Uh, I haven't looked at CBD and sexual functioning more in terms of just anti-stress. Mm. There, when I was at the um, dispensary, um, they were sh- showing me there was one that you put on your genitals. I didn't oh. buy it just for the kids what? out there, <laughs> but, wow. but but yeah. So I'm like, I, do you know anything about that? They must have been looking at your Facebook feed and been like, hey, this is I the know. one we got to show. I know, I know right? <laughs> Look at this. I am learning so much more. <laughs> they get some toy and some CBD yeah, oil. Just, just hang out with these <clears throat> Portland mother runners. <laughs> <laughs> we'll exactly. take you down to Shebop. We'll go look around, get that figured out too. We've got. I, you probably have. Do you have those? Are they nationwide? It's a women's sex shop. No, we don't sex have this down shop, here. Yeah. Yes, that's just funny because yeah. we have tons. Well, we've got tons of sex toy shops down here. I mean, South Florida, it, you can't go block without hitting a sex toy shop, but it's not specifically <laughs> women. Yeah, it's, it's women specific or women centric. So, you know, there's um, uh, not anything that should make you uncomfortable as a woman, you know, nothing uh, oh, that looks different. Uh, dangerous or like it's going to hurt you or anything like that yeah so the vibe of the store is a little different than yeah, yeah 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 it's very it's very welcoming uh, but it, they didn't talk about the cbd but do you know anything about topical cbd for no i've never no. i've okay. never heard of topical right. cbd for um sexual functioning i do know in terms of injury prevention um that's where the new research is going um again like with anything new i'm always hesitant mm-hmm. to jump mm-hmm. into it because once you have one or two studies it doesn't really mean anything um, but, uh, it would be interesting to see, um, 
uh, that would be interesting to see. I mean, if it's working for injuries, I, I don't see why not. Um, I look Does, forward. I look forward to the guy's face when I ask him. For it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to record it and send it to you guys. Pot in general, because I'm not a pot smoker. Does that decrease sexual functioning? It typically does. It typically does. Alcohol does too, don't you? Alcohol is always like decreases performance, but sometimes because of your inhibitions are so much lower. Um, Uh So like short-term alcohol use can increase overall sex drive for like a short term. Um, But people that are actually alcoholics or alcohol abusers, it will overall decrease. And again, if you're having too much alcohol, it's a sedative. The other problem is, especially, you know, your partner's a male, um, alcohol is a vasodilator. So blood's not going through those blood vessels the way you want it to. So um, that's kind of the reason behind what happens to men when they're drinking. Too drunk to beep. Uh Yeah. See, you have the good information. (laughs) What what was that? So only give my time Just in case you missed that, Alex said the term is whiskey dick. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I didn't know if I could say that. That's exactly what I was thinking. But I I was like, that's when it happens to men. (laughs) I've never heard that. Oh, Oh, yeah. Look at us sharing. You go to a party school, you learn all those terms. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I did. So I I understand it. (laughs) I bet that's a common occurrence in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Probably because everyone's partying too much. Well, actually, the other problem on that one is stimulants do the same thing, um, Mm. but in the opposite effect. So you're constricting it so much um, Mm. that you're not getting enough blood flow in there. So if it's it's if blood flows, if the the blood vessels are vasodilated like too much or they're too constricted, nothing's working. Right. So men should just have their oysters and go home yeah <laughs> right maybe a glass of wine is fine but like no more than that you and know? by stimulants do you mean coffee or are you thinking more like illicit no. drugs like cocaine, cocaine or yeah something? yeah oh, cocaine, okay. cocaine can be a big coffee. problem i mean you mentioned south florida so i figured i had to oh make that <laughs> just when you think molly's like in the fast lane then she's like oh when you say stimulants do you mean coffee <laughs> hey <laughs> I'm from Ohio. Prescription stimulants up there. I, feel, I hear about the Midwest and the prescription drugs. So, well, yeah, there's that. Adderall, Adderall things like that will also affect. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. what was going to be my next question. Now, what about um, Molly? What does that have any? Not my co-host. Not me. Yeah, right. I know what effect I have, but Um, (laughs) we won't go there. I mean, it increases sensation, but the other problem is that's burning holes in your brain. I think my actually health-wise, one of the worst. Um, So it that's one that I would definitely not encourage um, here for anybody. Um, Also, speaking in terms of with with women and stimulants, Mm -hmm. um, that also really affects lubrication. So it'll take away drive, and even if the drive's there lubrication will be really negatively impact oh. even worse does, than alcohol which dehydrates you which also affects it does exercise have any effect on lubrication that's an excellent question yeah you know i don't know um mm-hmm. that would be another gyno a, type of yeah that's another probably, that's yeah. another type of research project where I'm, you're gonna have to have somebody in a yeah. clinical setting um so it's not something that we can do um gloves will be needed mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you need that. You need that device to measure moisture. Exactly. They do have that. I mean, they do have. Yeah. They do have the device to measure it. I mean, I. I'm pretty sure I can get some male researchers to help me with this next project. But um, um, yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure on that one. You don't know. Oh, that's that's cool. But I think though, with moisture, uh, also if you don't, well, no, you tell me. If you don't use it, do you lose the moisture? Let's like having more. Um, uh, you know, vaginal penetration increase moisture over time, or does it really not have any change? It does, but a lot of that's linked. It's hard to see if it's the actual penetration or if it's due to the increase in the hormones and the drive that are due to the penetration. Gotcha. So it's kind of hard to see where exactly that cycle starts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there is definitely an effect there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Sheepop has all sorts of lubricants. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you're going to do a stimulant, bring your lubricants. Have fun with that. So, all right, Leah, I feel we can't let you go without giving us a few kind of make a change suggestions to promote function. Uh, well, majority of the population, uh, we've got 40% of the people are obese and about 33% that are overweight. So it's a strong majority of the population. So any small weight loss, um, will definitely help. It'll help reduce blood pressure overall. Um, and again, help with all those feel good hormones, um, for people that are of normal weight. Um, if, if you're still struggling with sexual functioning, there are some supplements that can help, uh, Yohimbine, no joke, the name of one of it, one of them is horny goat weed. Um, <laughs> maca, I swear I did not make that up. Um, maca is another one. So um, really just overall eating healthy and exercising will increase sex drive and have more sex and that'll bring it, that'll increase that sex drive in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and would it, if they are saying, well, I already run, I'm already training for a half marathon. I mean, should they maybe swap out a running workout and, you know, hit the weight room. I mean, is that gonna? Absolutely. So hitting, if you're already running, then hitting the weight room will help because of those increases in testosterone. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have found that some topical testosterone can actually work as a fabric, as a vaginal lubricant. They don't work as well as topical estrogen, but so I'm not sure if exactly the testosterone increases you're getting from the lifting will help. Um, but it will definitely minimize that, you know, cortisol increase that's going to happen. Um, I don't know how it's, I don't know if it's going to decrease running time though. I don't know. I don't right. know about that one. Yeah. You got to decide what's your priority there. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Well, if you know you're going to have some good sex at the end, you got to run faster. Right. Yeah. The kids are going to wake part- up. I got to get home. <laughs> have your partner like waiting at the finish line in the nude, you know, that'll work. Yeah. We use Yohimbeam in veterinary medicine as a reversal for xylazine. It's a sedative. But do, mm-hmm. it comes as an injection for us. Do, do people get it as an injection or do they get it as a supplement? You get, you can take, yeah, you can get it as a supplement. Um, it's actually for men out there. It's actually, um, can be linked to painful erections, Ooh. which are clearly, yeah. that's going to like bring down that sex drive again. Um, so Yohan means one of the riskier ones. Um, like with maca, I didn't really see any issue. The only thing that happened is some people are breaking out a little bit more, mm. like, cause it infects your testosterone levels. Hmm. Um, but, um, but again, I found that it, the problem with women when I did that study was that, um, women were so highly affected by the placebo effect. So if you, if you just looked at pre-test post-test, it looked great. Yay. Maca helped more than the placebo. But when you compared the differences between the placebo and the Maca, it was no longer statistically significant in women. 
Um, it wasn't men, but not women. So you're saying if you pretty much take something that you think is going to help yeah. you feel more desire, it will work? Uh, yeah, for women. Men mm-hmm. were not affected by the placebo effect, but women mm-hmm. were. Hmm. So, um, yeah. And so, yeah, like I said, it, it didn't work as great as the maca, but still it, it wasn't statistically significant anymore, which was frustrating because when you only looked at pre-post, it showed a difference um, in terms of a lot of things, actually, in terms of affecting overall energy levels and a lot of things. It was all, effect- I mean, women were affected by the placebo effect in almost every avenue. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Is maca that drink? You can do it in a couple ways. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a powder typically. Um, wait, you might be thinking of matcha. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, matcha. I was like, wait, matcha is a caffeine. Why are so- you buying so much matcha, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I thought this was a supplement that yeah. was going to work. Well, I mean, <laughs> all I got to wa- do is pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll wake you up more. So then that'll mm-hmm. help. Um, but no, matcha is more of a um, stimulant. Maca can have some kind of. Um, it's not really, it's not, it's not classified as a stimulant. It can have some, we call it like an anti-fatigue effect. So we'll have people take it in the morning, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I've only had one study on maca, but, um, I, it doesn't, it just looks like it's far more effective in men than it is women. And we're not really sure why it's a, it's not, it's not a new supplement. It's an old supplement, but it's really just kind of resurged as a sexual functioning supplement. Hmm. Um, so yeah. Hmm. Okay. So Open-ended question. What is the most interesting thing you found in your research? (laughs) Wow. Of course, I thought it was interesting that women that were super strong had more partners, but I'd have to say the most (laughs) bizarre part Mm -hmm. was that um, semen has an antidepressive effect. So, oh. <laughs> I swear, <laughs> I swear. Um, so this is not, this is not um, my, this is in terms of my research, in terms of my literature reviews, I've read it. Um, again, you'd have to, um, a lot of these you'd have to actually do in a medical facility. So I have not personally conducted the study, but I have read a lot about it. Um, it has an antidepressive effect and it's presumed because it's absorbed within the vaginal walls. Um, oxytocin, which makes you feel good, um, is also what helps semen move. So it's being absorbed in those walls. Now here of course is the problem with that research potentially is if you're just comparing how happy people are with the semen and without, it could be people that are not using condoms. You know, you could say that sex Mm -hmm. might be better that way, or maybe people are in monogamous relationships. So there's other factors. I mean, I've honestly joked with a colleague about this forever because like, you have in order to like control the factors, like would you have to inject somebody else's semen in somebody? Like that would really be the only way to truly yeah. tell. I, I'm like, seeing like pills, you know, like you're gonna have the oral versus the suppository study. Stop. Different orifices. Oh no, oh no, we joked about this forever. I actually said that first. It's so funny because I'm working yeah. with uh, yeah, that's the first thing I said. I said maybe we could just drink. You already it. said there, yeah, you already said there's a big placebo effect. So right. Right. So you see Please God, let me get the placebo. Let me get the <laughs> is it the vitamin C? Or it's, it's so funny because I was working with one of the neuroscientists on this and I said that was the first thing I said. And I said, mm-hmm. well, what if you like drank it versus somebody that was having it? And, she, and she's like, no, but you know, and, and I know this, your stomach is going to affect the way it's absorbed in the bloodstream versus vaginally. She's like, you'd have to inject it. That's the only way. And I was like, oh my God. Check it out. The International Review Board is never going to let this go. No. Um, it's still interesting in the meantime. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you, we can, you, 
independent studies could happen, you know? Right. <laughs> there are different ways to explore this topic. Chat rooms can be formed. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll be like, can you help me out with some research? <laughs> oh my gosh. We're we're cut I'm cutting Molly off here. I'm cutting Molly off. Um, oh. Leah, thank you thank so you, much Leah. for sharing what you know with us. This was a lot of fun. And happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> thank you so much. You do. You have a good run. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Okay. Well, speaking of Valentine's Day or Galentine's Day, there is still time to order a uh, gift for your best running friend, your sister, and uh, other special women in your life. Go to the motherrunnerstore.com. We have several items that have hearts on them, like a couple tank tops, including our signature badass mother runner tank top. So, and all sorts of other fun things that you can give to someone for that special day or anytime. Anyway, so again, go to motherrunnerstore.com. Do you make men's tank tops? We do not make men's tank tops. I would totally buy one. <laughs> you rock our trucker, Alex. Yeah, so, trucker, yeah, yeah. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by that man who just spoke to me, by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy, um, functioning miles. Oh.